Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead, and in my office, the whole point of healing is to get rid of toxins, and with the right nutrition, the body can heal itself. Whether I'm helping someone with migraines, lose weight, digestion issues, or infertility, the goal is always the same detox and support the body. The reason it's so important to detox is that toxins run around your body creating inflammation that eventually leads to disease. Inflammation in the head is a migraine. Inflammation in the intestines is bloating and gas. Inflammation in the hormonal organs is infertility. All disease starts with inflammation. In fact, if you have a symptom, you have inflammation. Many patients come to me after going from doctor to doctor with no answers. That's when someone is willing to try something different like muscle testing. The reason they go from doctor to doctor without any real results is because those doctors are looking for disease and the patient's symptoms don't fit a disease model yet. So there's no medicine for them. Yet is the key word because give it a year, five years, maybe 10 years, and eventually the symptoms will be bad enough to then fit some disease model. For example, the stomach ache and bloating you have had for the last two years finally turned into something more tangible that the doctors can now work with using their drugs. It's now an ulcer that they can give you antibiotics and an antacid for. My goal is not to wait until it's worse. My goal is to help now. I wish Western medicine knew how to help, but their medical model is outdated and it depends too much on drugs. The current medical model started in the 1900s, early 1900s, with America's first billionaire, John D. Rockefeller. He bought a German pharmaceutical company that would later assist Hitler by manufacturing chemicals and poisons for war. Rockefeller wanted to eliminate the competitors of Western medicine, so he submitted a report to Congress declaring that there were too many doctors and medical schools in America, and that all natural healing modalities were unscientific quackery. Rockefeller called for the standardization of medical education, whereby only his organizations be allowed to grant medical school licenses in the U.S. And so began the practice of the medical care system we have today. Once people have become dependent on this new system and the addictive drugs it provided, the system switched to a paid program creating lifelong customers for the Rockefellers. But know this, if you are taking a drug, you are reducing a symptom, not actually healing the body. Drugs are chemicals that override the body to force it to do something. That's why there are side effects. You're forcing the body into doing something. There's always going to be a consequence because the body is always trying to put itself in balance, back in homeostasis. Inflammation is a reaction to the body when it's trying to put itself back in homeostasis against any pathogen or irritant. That's what I call a toxin. These toxins can be food, physical injury, heavy metals or heavy chemicals, any type of germs. These toxins create free radicals which cause cellular damage. With enough injured cells, inflammation starts to build up. Acute inflammation is characterized by the five cardinal symptoms, redness, increased heat, swelling, pain, and impaired function, which are mostly mediated by the expansion and activation of blood vessels. Inflammation is commonly associated with the formation of new blood and lymphatic vessels from the pre-existing vascular networks. Interestingly, 
while the activation of the blood vasculature has been reported to aggravate inflammation severity, lymphatic vessels generally appear to exert beneficial effects by improving the clearance of excess fluid, thus reducing swelling and levels of pro-inflammatory mediators, as well as a number of immune cells. So keeping the lymphatic system healthy to keep inflammation down is key for a healthy body. An example of inflammation we can see with the naked eye is when someone sprains their ankle. As the ligaments get stretched, pain, swelling, heat, and impaired function are pretty instantaneous. Depending on the severity of the injury and how many blood vessels were actually broken or how many red blood cells rushed to the site is what gives the redness which may or may not be there. Whatever damaged tissue or free radicals are there, white blood cells will ingest them and clean up the injury. This is acute inflammation, and over time, the body will heal itself. Acute inflammation is how your body fights infections and handles toxins when they first enter the body. In this way, inflammation is good because it protects and heals the body. In contrast, when inflammation gets turned up too high and lingers for too long of a time, The immune system continues to pump out white blood cells and chemical messengers that prolong the process. That's known as chronic inflammation. When there are too many pathogens or irritants, then there are too many white blood cells in the area causing swelling, and instead of being helpful, they actually slow down the excess fluid that needs to be cleaned up. With enough swelling, it could push on nerves, causing a pain reaction. So if we have any chronic pain, know that the pain is only the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more going on other than pain that if you were to get rid of your pain, that might not be enough to truly heal. Pain medication is good at getting rid of the pain but not healing the actual problem. When acute inflammation occurs, the chances of it turning into chronic inflammation depends on the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is critically important as it is needed to ensure tissue fluid homeostasis by draining the excess fluid from the leaky inflammatory blood vessels. This is how a healthy lymphatic system is key in keeping inflammation down. The lymphatic system carries white blood cells to where they are needed in the body to fight germs and free radicals. The lymphatic system also carries toxins out of tissue to be dumped into the blood where they can find their way into the liver or kidneys to be detoxed. The fluid that the lymphatic system carries is full of white blood cells, toxins, and fats. It is called a lymph. Lymph runs through our body like blood does, but instead of blood vessels, lymph is carried in lymphatic vessels. The blood is pumped through the body by the heart, but lymph doesn't have a pump and instead relies on our muscle contraction to move through the body. Lymph capillaries pick up fluid and tissue where blood capillaries leak out fluid. Pressure gradients of fluid allow the leaked fluid to be absorbed by the lymphatic capillaries and moved through the body to lymphatic vessels and lymphatic nodes. It is in the lymph nodes where the lymph fluid is filtered. Eventually, the lymph vessels carry the lymph up to the collarbone where it is dumped into the bloodstream. Unfortunately, chronic inflammation can provoke the lymphatic system to slow down, which might limit pathogen and toxins to spread throughout the body, but it also decreases lymph flow, which leads to the persistence of white blood cells in the weakened tissue to intensify inflammation. Having white blood cells congregate in one area without enough lymph flow lowers the immune system overall. 
We need the lymphatic system to be moving correctly in order for fluid to not be backed up in the tissue, causing inflammation and pressure, because with enough pressure, then the patient can feel pain. The lymphatic vasculature plays a crucial role in regulating the inflammatory response by influencing drainage of fluid and movement of the white blood cells. Lymphatic vessels undergo pronounced enlargement in inflamed tissue and display increased leakiness, indicating reduced functionality. Such lymphatic changes have been seen in patients with psoriasis. In contrast, stimulation of the lymphatic vasculature has been shown to reduce inflammation severity. Studies have shown it has helped rheumatoid arthritis, any type of skin inflammation, and irritable bowel disease. Helping support the lymphatic system is a big part of my job in the office. I have wonderful before and after pictures of patients' skin situations on my testimonial page. Without muscle testing, taking vitamin D, oil pulling, dry brushing, and exercise are my top four ways to support the lymphatic system. To oil pull, use one to one and a half spoonfuls of unrefined, high-quality organic sesame seed oil, non-toasted, and swish in your mouth for 15 to 20 minutes. I know that sounds like a long time, but you'll get used to it. I find the organic non-toasted sesame seed oil at my local health food store. Set the timer when you do this because five minutes goes by and you think it's been forever. Sesame seed oil is the best oil to swish with. Coconut oil is second best. Once completed, spit the oil out in the trash or maybe the toilet, but over the sink isn't a good idea because it will clog Once you spit it out, then rinse your mouth with warm salt water. Never swallow the oil because it's loaded with bacteria, toxins, mucus that you just pulled out. It's a good idea to brush your teeth then afterwards to really clean out any leftover toxins. The best time to do oil pulling is in the morning before eating breakfast, but it can be done before any meal on an empty stomach. Dry brushing really helps the lymphatic system. It's a process of brushing your skin, preferably before a shower or bath, with a dry brush. Right below your skin is a network of blood vessels, capillaries, fat, and lymph nodes. They are working hard to circulate through the body, but sometimes our lifestyles and the toxins we have stored in our body will hinder and not allow the body to really circulate the fluids like it should so dry brushing will get the fluids moving. Starting at the feet and legs, use small brisk strokes always moving towards the heart. Concentrate on areas on the back of the legs and butt, as well as areas where your lymphatic system is concentrated, such as the groin area, armpits, and the glands on the neck. Weight also plays a part in chronic inflammation. Excess weight and inflammation go hand in hand. If you are overweight, you have inflammation. What is not clear is if excess weight leads to chronic inflammation or if the chronic inflammation leads to excess weight. I do know I help people lose weight by addressing chronic inflammation. Another way to address chronic inflammation is better stress management. Stress plays a part in chronic inflammation. Cortisol is the primary stress hormone that, when it is released, increases your heart rate, blood pressure, sugar in the bloodstream, enhances the brain's use of glucose, 
and increases the availability of cells to repair tissue. If stress continues for too long and the body can't keep up with making the cortisol that the stressed body is asking for, inflammation will occur. This is seen in patients with chronic pain or fatigue, including but not limited to fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic pelvic pain, and TMJ disorders. Studies have shown that increases in long-term cortisol levels breaks down lymphatic vessels. Stress management is needed to prevent chronic inflammation. Managing stress is very often overlooked on a person's healing journey. There are so many ways to lower stress that usually I just ask a patient to pick one and incorporate it daily. A little bit every day is important to manage the body's stress response. The goal is to do it before you get stressed so that when the stress does hit, the response is not as intense. Stress management can include exercise, journaling, talking to a good friend or therapist, mindfulness, visualizations, or meditation. Research has shown that meditation reduces inflammation and mindfulness modulates cortisol response to stressful situations. Mindfulness skills include observing, describing, acting with awareness, and accepting without judgment. Mindfulness has even been shown to change gene expression, which takes me to the topic written by Bruce Lipton called Biology of Belief, where our thoughts do have an effect on what genes our cells produce. One of the things that works for me the moment I start feeling stress and to actually change the physiological reaction of my body is to take three deep breaths in the moment that is enough to stop the stress hormones from flying through your body and wreaking havoc. The stress response in your body will be weakened because breath turns on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of the nervous system that is in charge of rest and digest. When you turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, you turn down the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight mode. So with breathing, you can get the body out of that stress response, out of that fight or flight mode. Research has shown that chronic inflammation is associated with heart disease, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, bowel diseases like Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, We don't want chronic inflammation to turn into any of this, but at the same time, it is tricky to deal with. The problem is that chronic inflammation is often invisible since it doesn't show any telltale signs the way acute inflammation does. So how can we prevent or reduce inflammation if you can't necessarily see or feel it? The only way to really detect chronic inflammation is to have an evaluation by your doctor. He or she will review your symptoms and perform a physical exam. Otherwise, the best approach is to prevent conditions related to chronic inflammation. It goes back to the basics, maintaining a healthy weight, choosing a good diet, mindfulness, getting plenty of sleep, meditation, and exercising regularly. Diet and exercise have an especially strong impact on managing chronic inflammation since they both can also help control weight and improve sleep. The evidence is not clear that a specific diet can prevent chronic inflammation. However, certain foods are associated with either promoting or inhibiting the inflammatory response. The goal would actually to be muscle tested for your specific diet. However, if you can't get muscle tested, 
Definitely cut back or eliminate foods high in simple sugars like soda, fruit juices, sport drinks, processed meat, refined carbs like white flour or whole wheat pasta, pretzels, bagels, breads. These foods can spike blood sugar levels, which increase inflammation. Also eat more foods high in antioxidants, known as polyphenols, which can lower inflammation. Examples include all types of berries, plums, red grapes, onions, turmeric, green tea, and green dark leafy vegetables like spinach and kale. Especially the green leafy vegetables are alkaline and lymph fluid should be less than 7.0 on the pH scale, so it is alkaline. The more acidic your body is, the slower the lymph will flow through the body. Regular exercise can help protect against conditions linked with chronic inflammation, especially heart disease, obesity. It also helps the muscles contract and gets the lymph moving, and I think that's how it helps protect against those things. I muscle test for specific supplements to help reduce inflammation, but if you can't get muscle tested, my top favorite anti-inflammatory supplements is turmeric, magnesium, boswellia, and oregano. The spice turmeric contains curcumin in it. Curcumin is a great anti-inflammatory. It works 10 times better with black pepper. So when you're adding turmeric to your dishes, and you should every chance you get, then also add the black pepper. You could also buy it in supplement form. Just make sure that the supplement you have also has black pepper in it. Curcumin specifically is great for reducing inflammation in joints, lungs, and brain. For the brain, it works by encouraging the immune system to send white blood cells called macrophages to the brain in order to destroy any abnormal proteins, which helps restore proper brain function. Magnesium is another great supplement to help with inflammation. Magnesium can help with lots of different things, including sleep and bowel movements. It helps with these things because it lowers the inflammation. Boswellia, also known as frankincense, is an amazing at reducing inflammation. You can either use it in supplement form or essential oil. I love rubbing the oil on swollen, painful body parts. It really helps support the movement of the lymph. So adding a drop of oil to your lotion on a daily basis is wonderful, especially if you have cancer. The oil is also anti-aging for the skin. Oregano can also be used in oil or supplement form. It is rich in antioxidants, which is needed to reduce inflammation because it helps go after free radicals. It is also antibacterial and antifungal if you think inflammation is due to a pathogen. Any mouth health concern can be helped by a drop of oregano oil diluted in water and swished in the mouth and then swallowed. Cook with oregano every chance you get as well. Drinking celery juice can support the lymph and reduce inflammation in many ways. First, celery juice is a rich source of vitamin C, which is a powerful antioxidant, assisting the body in its fight against invading germs during infections. Vitamin C also contributes to the integrity of the blood and lymphatic vessels, making them stronger. With stronger capillary walls, leakage of water between vessels will be a minimum, so the water retention the body has to hold is minute. To also help with water weight and fluid retention, celery juice is rich in the minerals potassium and sodium, which work together to promote optimal fluid balance and stimulate urine production. So if you do have water retention, think of celery as a natural diuretic to help get excess water weight off. It's good to drink 16 ounces on an empty stomach first thing in the morning 
So those are the ways of, that I address chronic inflammation in my office. Get rid of toxins and with the right nutrition and less stress, the body can heal itself.